of what he does in an offseason where he's not rehabbing an injury. Yeah. And now we'll have a second year in this offense and really be able to fine-tune and they can all figure out what he does best, what he likes, and all those things. And then they've got to get better talent around them. they got a lot of draft picks. They've got a lot of extra draft picks. And so it'll be very interesting to see how they build continually around him and whether they can show improvement next year. And I think that, that'll tell the tale. I mean, you never know after, after next year yeah. what might happen, but I think there's certainly going to be a big evaluation year next year for him and the entire team and the offense. Howard, before we get you out of here, who do you got Sunday in the big game? I've said since day one. In fact, I, I'm, I'm a senior editor of Lindy's Pro Football Preview Magazine, which I've done for over 30 years. And I don't think I've ever got the Super Bowl winner right. <laughs> and I pick it in May, yeah. of course. It's yeah. way back in May when the magazine goes to the printer. And I picked the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Wow. I have thought all along they are the best team in the NFL. Mm. And certainly that was, I don't know if tarnish is the right word, but it was affected a little bit with the game against the Ravens. Yeah. But, hey, here's the great Ravens. Oh, they're now they're the best, and they're right. not even here. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so I, I think they are the better team. So I'm sticking with them. I'm picking them. But, hey. Would it surprise anybody if the Chiefs won again? Right. No, you can't say you'd be surprised by that because, I mean, they are who they are. Yeah. But this 49ers team, I think that I, I think this is their year. And finally, Kyle Shanahan can get that kind of whatever you want to call yeah. it off his back with, with losing games in the fourth quarter of Super Bowls. There you a, go. As an offensive coordinator and as a head coach. There you go. Howard Balls are serious. XM NFL Radio writes for the Cardinals hosting the NFL Hall of Fame show on Sirius tonight. Maybe Patrick Willis will get in. Thank you so much, Howard, <laughs> My for your time. Enjoy Thank the rest you. of your time in Vegas. Thanks, guys. Take care. Awesome. We are now joined by my guy, fellow Temple Owl, Zach (laughs) (laughs) CBS Sports Radio. We got Temple legends here. There's the uh, Tony Bruno. You want to talk about Temple royalty. That's right. That's right. Host great of, Tony Bruno. Yeah, the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Zach, saw you walking by yesterday. I said, I got to get my guy on the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I, I was telling Jay that I woke up this morning and I said, oh, my God, I forgot to go on Sacramento. <laughs> I, my mind is just racing in a thousand directions. Yeah. I thought the conversation that we had yesterday was two days ago, and I was oh like, I, I felt like the biggest jerk, and then I'm walking by and I oh. go, oh, 11 o'clock today. So yes. I felt good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we were talking earlier, and Chris – we opened the show, and I said, it's a beautiful Thursday, and I think there was a question mark. <laughs> I know what you guys did last night. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we kept it a little chill. About. We kept it a little yeah, chill. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Jay's hitting us up 10 o'clock. You know, hey, we're getting more guys on, so we're I keeping like it low-key. We're keeping it low-key. I-, I could hang with Jay. There yeah, you go. Yes. There you go. Who have you had? We know we saw you had a bunch of. A bunch of players on, yeah. on your show yesterday, Justin. People we didn't even know were here. Yeah, I was oh, okay, yeah, you're yeah. well connected. I saw I Ju- was like, How Justin Jefferson. Justin you had little Dicky, little Dicky dropping news about his show was, and things yeah. like that. Out of who you had on yesterday, <laughs> what was I guess the most surprising thing that you heard? Um, I really liked and enjoyed the interview with Little Dicky. Mm-hmm. Like we only did one non-sports interview this yeah. weekend. Yeah. He's, He's a very big sports fan. Like, yeah, I think he huge. knows the Eagles better than most, and he knows the Sixers mm-hmm. um, better than most. So uh, that was pretty damn cool. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I, I had a chance to interview him the day after he got drafted, and he, he said on my show, 
all the teams that passed on me and from a wide receiver standpoint are going to pay. So it's cool yeah. when he comes up to the show and he's just like, Remember, what did I tell yeah. you a few years <laughs> right, ago? Right, right. So, so, so that's pretty neat. So uh, I would say those are two of the, the highlights uh, so far. And then you, you never know, like, you know, earlier in the week, you know, uh, uh, Kendrick Bourne was on with us and he was just yeah. a, a great interview um, and connected, obviously, to the, to the 49ers. How do you, like – approach those like when you're having justin jefferson on you're having little dicky on i think i saw you had trevor lawrence on oh yeah, yeah on yeah. monday like are you hoping to, like do you approach those hoping to get something out of it or is it kind of you know like when you're framing your questions are you are you trying to get some are you do you have a goal going into the interview or do you just kind of let it play out organically so i don't really look at it as interviews because i think when you look at it sure. as like an interview yeah. it's like all oh, button up like yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. question I, I just question. have yeah. i try to build relationships with people and, yeah. and i have conversations and for example you know I've, I've known justin jefferson a little bit yeah i, I told him straight up i, I don't think kirk cousins yeah, is going to be that. your quarterback <laughs> next year yeah. i think it's going to be russell wilson that's not me saying i think that's the right decision i'm yeah. just saying what's going to happen and i think we just have more conversations yeah. Uh, just organically, you get that. Like, yeah, there's sometimes you, you go into an interview and you go, all right, there's going to be an uncomfortable topic that the guest may not like. It happened with me uh, over the summer with Debo Samuel. That's right. Where right. I, I, I had to ask him about his comments <laughs> about the Eagles. Yeah. And he hung up the phone yeah, on me like, right. whatever. I, yeah. <laughs> I have a job to do. Um, people sometimes will get offended. At the end of the day, I'm fair, and I ask questions that the listening audience wants to hear asked. And I don't do my show to serve the guests. I don't do my show to serve even the callers mm -hmm. or my producer or you know my bosses. I do it for the listening audience and I, I try to ask things that people want to hear answers to. Talking to Zach Gelb, host of the Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. You know, Zach, our first time here at Radio Row and I think part of that is the proximity of San Francisco with the Niners being in it to Las Vegas. I think also part of it is it being Vegas. But but on top of that, the changing landscape of media, right? And and so many credentials being given out this year, record number. You're in a position to where I guess all three of us, the term old media gets brought up. Yeah. How do you feel about that and how – people like us can continue to evolve and where do you see the future of radio going i think it's bullcrap i was told when i first got into it that radio was dying, dying I, yes. I still have a job you guys yeah. still have yep. a job i think uh, a lot of people would like to have our jobs as well i don't say that in an arrogant way mm -hmm. but you just have to transform with the times yes we do a radio show we also stream on youtube yeah. we put out video content yeah. um people want to talk about sports people want to listen to sports talk and podcasts are a great way to consume it the radio is a great way to consume it yeah. uh, we've had times where we've had people on and they've been the national story across every network mm -hmm. that day so like things like that happen it clearly shows there's still success but when you do something that's in such a public setting people try to tear it down and tell you this this company has a problem or this person has a problem or this format has a problem everything that everyone thinks they have the answer right and they're like the brainiacs we're just jumping on the hamster wheel yeah. and we're just trying to keep it spinning and i think it's been spinning uh, well enough but yeah there are some things that even when the mics go off you got to keep on pumping out social media content yeah. yeah yeah and i mean you brought up that debo interview during the summer first off i just want to say i thought you handled that great i thought it was an incredibly <laughs> awkward situation you have the pr person come on and say I thought it was hilarious. we're ready to go and it's like yeah. we we're already going yeah. yeah i mean in a situation like that i mean can, can anything prepare you for that as a radio person, I, or are you just kind of? I'll be honest. It was great that he hung up the phone. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I, I was, in the beginning, 
there was more than just the two minute. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. We just talked about the difference mm -hmm. in the industry. You see a two-minute social media clip, someone doesn't listen to the interview. Yeah. Like someone yesterday said, oh, wow, you put Justin Jefferson in an uncomfortable spot. I'm like, did you see the way he came on the show? Mm -hmm. Oh, when the cameras weren't rolling, he sat for an extra five minutes and yeah. talked to us after the show. Right. Um, so you just sometimes see things in social media. It gets taken yeah. out of context. But, you know, I had some former NFL players push back, blah, blah, blah. And then Channing Crowder, yeah. he, he reached out to me. I do a weekly on the show. He goes, I listen to the whole interview. Yeah. He goes, he didn't want to be there from the start. Right. Mm. So if someone doesn't want to be there, I yeah. don't think you just keep them to be there. I had a few questions I wanted to ask. Yeah. And then, you know, he hung up the phone. It was so a fair question, too. I, you know, you, it's not the first time I've been hung up on. Mm -hmm. I bet you it won't be the last time. <laughs> that one, though, I just thought it was a joke. And yeah. I just say what I say. And that's why afterwards I think most people will be like, all right, we'll go back to break. I'm like, I'm not going to break right now. Yeah. Right. I, I thought that was a joke. I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Talking to Zach Gelb. Zach, Zach, Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's have you put on your analyst <laughs> hat for a bit with this Niners-Chiefs no. matchup. What do you see in we – can, we can go into the pick if you want, but uh, well, what are your initial thoughts? I think I've talked to one person this week on the air that has taken the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers to win wow. the game. It's been Kansas City. And everyone words it this way. The 49ers look like they're the better team. Yep. But you can't bet against That's Patrick Mahomes. Everyone has said. Everyone. I'm betting against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers because it's not anything anti-Chiefs. I love Steve Spagnuolo. The defense is phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But when everyone tells you one th We just saw this two weeks ago. Yeah. Ravens, 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 Ravens. Mm -hmm. Chiefs end up winning. Yeah. I, just, I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think the Niners are going to edge it out at the end. I really do. Yeah. Well, he, here's the thing. Can you be, and Chris and I have talked about it on the show, mm -hmm. can you be the betting favorite but also an <laughs> yes. underdog? Yes. I've said it the whole, I, It's crazy. So I have a lot of people that listen mm -hmm. that are great gamblers, mm -hmm. if that's even a term, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they claim to be gamblers. Or they, yeah, they think they are. Or they at least understand the lingo and sure. they have all the mm -hmm. analytics yeah, yeah. And, and the information. And they're like, how can you say they're the underdog? You know, this money's going on. This, but I, everyone this week that I've talked to, besides yeah. one person, once again, mm -hmm. has taken the Kansas City Chiefs to win the game. I don't right. care if it's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in favor of 49ers, whatever line's up to. They're the underdog to me in this game. People mm. expect Mahomes to win. Um, I, I really have just expectations it's going to be a great game, and I'm, I'll flip the coin and it will land on the, on the Niners for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you feel like any either – I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. Do you – what team do you think best thing is the best? Okay. So, so I would say the strength of the Kansas City Chiefs is that regardless of what the score is, even if they're down, they have 15. Yeah. And as we saw a few years ago, yeah. 10 was seven and a half to play. As long as 15 right. is, is on the field and can throw the football and can move, he always has a chance. So it's that fear factor and the mental component yeah. that you have uh, with Kansas City. In terms of the Niners, there's so many stars. Yeah, yeah. To me, I want to say it's McCaffrey. I do believe McCaffrey is their most valuable. Yeah. But I, I think Debo or Kittle, one of them are just, if not both, mm -hmm. 
are going to pop off. Yeah. And I'll say that again for the 49ers. I mean the 49ers fans. <laughs> oh, come on. We're almost... Debo and Kittle. Yeah. One of them are going to pop off. Yeah. I have no problem if it's Debo Samuel. I did it anytime touchdown bet a week ago. Mm-hmm. Parlay. It wasn't Debo. It was Kittle and Kelsey at plus 411. Mm. I'm rooting for the tight ends. Tight there you go. Tight end Super Bowl Sunday. There you go. Zach Gelb. Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Well, where the, why did you guys not bring the cowbells out here? At, at Sacramento. Well, me. Yeah. Well, no, you should have brought them out here. Annoyed yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, it's we're not moving. good times in Sacramento. Yeah. They, they just lost to the yeah, Pistons the yesterday. Pistons yeah, it's it's a regular not, season yeah. game. <laughs> who, who cares? I like Mike Brown. I love De'Aaron yeah. Fox. Oh, of and, and also, I love what the uh, Kings fans did to Bob Myers a year mm-hmm. ago in the oh, season. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. Bob, come on. You're a legendary executive. Get your ass in a luxury box, There you go. There you go. Zach Gelb, thank you again. Look, T for Temple U, man, as we've been talking about. The, the the Owls, I believe, have lost. And we're a basketball school. They've lost seven straight. You're, you're breaking up. Yeah. No, seven <laughs> straight. The connection okay, today they got Memphis, who are about one in five. Yeah. I'm thinking to maybe to, to put the, some faith in, in Temple. Can we get it done tonight? This is the portion of the show that nobody cares about. <laughs> no, well, I care about, about Temple it. Athletics. I care about <laughs> it. I care about it. All right, well, maybe I, we'll talk I, about Maxi's I, Pizza or something. I, I like Adam Fisher. Yeah, Maxi Pizza. What are yeah. they charging now? $8 hey, a slice? Asking <laughs> about his cheese, favorite cheesesteak g- g- give, give me a well-done buffalo chicken slice there we, from there Maxi's we go. Pizza with a beer. Uh-huh. Uh, favorite cheesesteak spot is Mama's in Ballot Kinwood. Okay. Uh, I like Delisandro's. Uh, there's a new place in, in Jersey. South Jersey called Lilo's, which is delicious. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, Zach. And make Gelb. sure it's on an Amoroso roll, all right? There you go. Thank you so much, man. And be sure to catch Zach on CBS Sports Radio weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you again, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Be well. All right, you got to get to a break. When we get back, more Styles and Watkins in Vegas. Thanks to Jiffy Lube. Thanks again to Zach Gelb. And, yeah, I got a little pep in my step as Stephen A. Smith did just say what's up to me. Fly, Fly purple suit. It is All right. very purple it is, suit. It is the most purple suit I think I have ever seen, joined by Jennifer Lee Chan of NBC Sports Day Area. Jennifer, Hello. thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. How are you enjoying Vegas? We talked to Laura Britt yesterday. She said it was her first time in Vegas, not your Crazy, first time in right? Vegas. Crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, no, insane. it's not my first time. Okay, okay. <laughs> Will it be your last time is the better Maybe. question. <laughs> Eight days in Vegas is seven too long. That's a long, That's a long time. time. It's a really long time. I was kind of mentally prepared for Monday through Friday for Radio Row, and mm-hmm. then the foreigners ended up playing well enough to get into the game, and I was like, <laughs> yay, but oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take us through the emotions. I was in the building as well. That Lions game. You know, but, but, but real quick, though, because I did feel like – the Lions were one score away from the door totally being closed. I think everybody was yeah. – it's always silent in the media room, but right. I think everybody felt, okay, this isn't great. It's probably over, but they're, it's not done yet. And then the Lions could not, you know, thanks to Dan Gamble, really <laughs> shut the door there. Is that, is that how you felt too? Uh, yeah, once that fourth down stop happened, yes. Matt and I looked at each other, Matt Mayoko, my colleague, and I looked at each other like – this could be huge. Yeah. And then it was the face mask catch, and then it was like, then it was over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, that, that fourth down stop yeah. was the turning point. And, you know, it's, it's, what's crazy about this Kyle Shanahan team is that sometimes the offense saves, saves them in games, and then sometimes it's the defense saving them. And that time it was the defense just turning yeah. the, flipping the script, really. Yeah. What stuck out to you most about Brock in that, in that comeback, specifically in that second half? 
just his poise. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what the entire roster talks about, yeah. how he, it doesn't matter what has happened in the past, he still is ready to be aggressive, throw across the middle, thread the needle. Yeah. I mean, like, he does not lose his nerve at all. And I remember watching Colin Kaepernick when he threw four picks against Arizona. It really was the game that broke him. Mm. And, it, like, after that game, yeah. you know, he had some injuries, but he was never the same. Yeah. He didn't trust his receivers. I feel like he waited till they were in the spot before he tried to rifle the ball to them. Mm -hmm. But Brock Purdy's totally different. Like, he, he makes a mistake, he resets, and it's like it didn't happen. He's still okay throwing across the middle in between three defenders, whatever it is. Like, he knows he, his confidence is still there, right. which is, I think, that's what happened to Colin in yeah. that game. Like, he just lost his mojo. Yeah. And Brock Purdy, even in that after that Baltimore game, yeah. right, when they lost to the Ravens, right. and honestly, I thought, holy yeah. cow, this could be yeah. really detrimental. How can you not be down right. after that? Right, <laughs> right, for his growth, yeah. just his mental state. But he came back, bounced yeah. back, and he was solid. Yeah, talking to Jennifer Lee Chan, beat writer for the 49ers, NBC Sports, Bay Area. Yeah, I mean, what for what Brock was able to do in that Lions game, I think we, we saw Cam walking around. The, I don't know if you saw the Game Changer Game <laughs> uh, Manager yeah. shirt yeah. as well. Going I to saw the hat. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, I, took like, a, I had to take I a picture like of it. I feel like you see the hat. If you I'm, look I'm, up in the sky, right, you probably just see the hat. It's like the yeah. bat signal. You know where Cam is. Talk about – it's a very unique situation, and it might sound crazy, but there's basically the national narrative, and then there's the local narrative. Jed York, he goes on to extend Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch earlier this this season for really no reason he did not need to and if they don't get it done I don't think locally they would be on the hot seat because the Niners are always in the mix but what could it do for the national narrative whether people in the Niners building care or not I mean just winning the Super Bowl yeah oh, I, I think it changes a lot or losing or right. losing I mean losing I think would be it's, you know, to Kyle Shanahan, such a good coach. I mean, he's one of the best ones that I've covered, mm -hmm. and he's as honest as he can be. He is honest with his players, which I know they appreciate. Right. But for him to not be able to win the big game, I mean, that's tough. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it earlier in the playoffs. If they lost the divisional game, I think the season would have been deemed a total yeah. disappointment. Yeah. If they lost. A disaster, maybe. Right, right. <laughs> Even though, like, they made it to the playoffs yeah. and got the first round by. Yeah. I think if they had lost that divisional round, it still would have been a complete disappointment of yeah. a season. Same thing in the NFC Championship game. If they didn't get over the hump to get to the Super Bowl. Right. But now Kyle Shanahan, honestly, has to win the big game to kind of cement. I know he doesn't want to talk about legacy, but really yeah. to prove that he is. It's kind of sad that yeah. that's how the no, that's NFL how it goes. is, no, but it, it is, goes. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he's such a good coach, but if he doesn't win that big game, it's just one game. Yeah. But really, it's the biggest one. And nope. let's just be yeah. honest. When you look at the Niners and that roster, right, they've had the, some of the best odds to win the Super Bowl the last two or three years. And the NFC, no disrespect, the NFC was a little down. Right. If you look right. at the quarterbacks that were left in the, in the NFL playoffs on the NFC side, if you don't do it now, and, and the Chiefs, this is – Probably the worst the Chiefs are going to be. Right. We know they have an elite defense. They're win or lose. They're going to get maybe a couple more wide receivers during this offseason and, and another backup running back. So if right. you don't get, and I've been picking against Mahomes this whole time, not because I don't believe in him, <laughs> just because I just feel like Josh Allen, if you don't do it now, I don't know when you will. Lamar Jackson, if Same. you don't do it now, yeah. I don't know when you will. And I've been wrong. I've been wrong the whole time. <laughs> this Chiefs team has been really incredible because no, I think they were all, I mean, for the most part, counted out, right, yeah. at yeah. the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. And they've 
kind of clawed and scraped and climbed their way back into the mix. Now right. they're in the big game. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about how the Niners have fought through adversity, but the Chiefs have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're both coming into this game having faced a ton of adversity. I mean, which sets it up to be a really good matchup. Right. Both do, sides. Do you feel like, and maybe, I mean, the easy answer, I guess, is they're here, so yes, but do you feel like these are the two best teams? I thought it was going to be the Baltimore Ravens, to be honest, against yeah. Are you happy that it's the Chiefs? Uh, I mean, I think it sets up better for yeah. the 49ers' defense. I mean, it's facing a mobile quarterback like Lamar yeah. Jackson. But then, you know, you look at it, it's a younger team. It's a it's a team that hasn't been there before. Right. So how does that affect the mentality of players going in? Right. When you look at the Chiefs, even though they didn't have as good of a record, right. but they've been there before. Yeah. I mean, the the veterans in the, the veterans in the locker room make a huge difference. I mean, I think that's why Kyle Shannon was finally able to get those come from behind wins because the veterans in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, this week I talked to all the guys that were in the Super Bowl before: Fred Warner, George Kittle, Kyle Uzcheck, Nick Bosa. And they all thought that that 2019 year, like, oh, this is how it always is. Right. And, it, you know, it doesn't happen that easily. Right. And then the last three years they went through what they went through. And now I think the focus is entirely different going into this Super yeah. Bowl than it was in 2019. Not that they necessarily took it for granted, but I think it's a different approach when you think, oh, this is how it always is. Yeah. Right. And now they really understand. You have an appreciation hard, for it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And the Chiefs are there, too. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I – it may make the Chiefs a tougher opponent. Yeah. Might have made the Baltimore Ravens an easier opponent because mm -hmm. they were kind of coasting in. That's ah, hard to say. Yeah. yeah, talking to Jennifer Lee Chan, 49ers beat writer, NBC Sports Bay Area. Jennifer, before we get you out of here, we got to get your pick. And by the way, Laura, oh, you know, you know and Laura, she did pick She got the spicy. Chiefs. Yeah. I'm just going to let you know that right now. You, know, you, can, you can pick who you want, but if you want to, you know, maybe get back in the good graces oh. here. See, uh, all right, I'm going to tell you, we're not supposed to bet on football. Nope, nope. But during training camp when we were okay. here for joint practices, mm -hmm. I just put $20 on the San Francisco 49ers to win Ooh, the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to go with that. There you go. There you go. There you, go. you there have you go. the Niners yeah, for Jennifer Lee Chan, 49ers beat writer. Thank you so yes. much, Jennifer. Enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas. Maybe we'll Thank catch you out tonight, yeah. something like that. You know, we can hang out yeah. and, and enjoy us NorCal yes. people. Yes. You know, we got to stick together here. There's a lot of people Absolutely. here. A lot oh, of my people God, here. it's insane. So it many people. Insane. And, like, Thursday is, like, the peak of Radio Row Day. Mm -hmm. and it's it, feeling like it. Yeah. <laughs> Chaos. My head's spinning. I'm like, yeah. who's over there? Yeah. Who's over there? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Jennifer, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me on. Got to get to a break. When we get back, more Styles and Watkins in Vegas. Thanks to Jiffy Lube, Sacktown Sports. Okay. We are back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Thank you again to Jennifer Lee Chan, yes. beat writer for the Niners. Oil changes, tire rotations, or overall car maintenance? Think Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube is the place to take your car for your next road trip. Jiffy Lube, proud sponsor of Styles and Watkins, Radio Row Road Trip to Las Vegas. We were joined by former NFL QB, former legendary NFL QB, Eric Kramer. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys. Man. Absolutely. Yeah, let's just start here. You know, we have your, we, see, we can see your book. It's right here in the camera, The Ultimate Comeback. Let, let's talk about the book a little bit. And if, if somebody were to pick it up and, and read the back of it or the first couple pages, what would, what would pull you in and what message you were trying to get across? Well, this, this book encompasses a lot of things, but uh, uh, I, I was one that played with 
depression mm -hmm. at different times of, of my life. Right. And uh, and then, but there's also a, quite a bit in there about, you know, I was raised by a couple of parents that were imperfect themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, as we all are, and kind of how that kind of grew over time. And then uh, eventually had a series of tragedies that came outside of football mm -hmm. that uh, I lost a son. He had been battling addiction, was drug free for quite a while, then relapsed. And this is back in 2011. At that same time, my mom was dealing with uh, um, uterine cancer, which she then passed away about eight months after Griffin did. And around the time she got, she passed away, my dad had some untreated uh, acid reflux that then turned into esophageal cancer. Mm. Wow. So that was about a three That's, year yeah. of his own steady yeah. decline. And yeah, he meant roller coaster. There wasn't much up to <laughs> that roller coaster. Right, right, right. It was a right. steep descent. And so that led to me making an attempt on my life. And uh, fortunately, I'm still here yes. and was not successful in that. And then so it's been a, um, a, a long recovery. But at the same time, uh, I'm very happy to be here yeah. and headed in the right direction in a lot of areas. No, I mean, I think that's awesome that you're writing about it because, I mean, we hear it all the time. But I feel like it's it's not many people practice it, but people say it. These guys are humans. They are mm. they are real humans who you don't you literally don't know what they're dealing with outside of the game of whether it's football, basketball, baseball. It really doesn't matter. Even TV personalities, Correct. you know, anybody who's in the public light and gets that kind of shame. I mean, you just don't know what they're going through. So I think it's awesome that you're Thank speaking you. about that and, and just spreading that message. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I get a lot of satisfaction out of people that have known me forever. Yeah. That go, wow, I didn't know this. Yeah, right. Or people that have never met me at all and said, you know, hey, I, I dealt with parents similarly. Yeah. Or I dealt with a son who's got addiction issues myself. And those or, people feel alone, I'm sure. Obviously. Yeah. And so to be able to touch people yeah. through a book is awesome. And then kind of transitioning once the Super Bowl's over to updating the website I've got, erickramer12.com. And we're gonna. I'm gonna. I've done this once, but I'd like to do it more often in terms of speaking. Yeah. And uh, speaking about the book and just life in general. And uh, so, yeah, we're gonna upgrade that. It, it's not really ready for the website's there, but what's gonna be on it, in yeah. regards to what I just mentioned, yeah. isn't there. But it will be probably within two to four weeks after the Super Bowl. That's awesome. Talking to Eric Kramer, legendary NFL QB, about his book, The Ultimate Comeback. You know. I'm just sitting here, Eric, thinking about when you played and even now. Yeah. Can you even fathom these athletes? And we know how much money they make. We get all that. But can you even fathom going through everything that you go through as an athlete and as a person, but specifically in the public eye, with social media now? Oh, right. These people have direct access to you, whether it's their – whether it's their, their stupid fantasy league, whatever oh, it is, gosh. and they're just telling you all different types yeah. of words that we can't say on FCC airwaves. Can you, can you even fathom how ridiculous that is for some of these guys these days? Well, it's yeah, – okay, so the human condition hasn't changed, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so right. people are still going through what they go through. Of course. It's just that other people now through social media, as you mentioned, think they're in some way – capable of analyzing you yeah. or your play, right. what they see your uniform do yeah. uh, that has nothing to do with what you are right. or who you are. And so, yeah, it would, to me, be a big uh, added uh, layer of things to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, just in terms of 
Um, there's a mental health program uh, that hasn't started just yet. We're going to try to start as an after-school program last August. So it'll be, you know, not last August, it'll be in the future. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the inspiration I got from it was a friend of mine that I played college football with and kicked a while in the NFL with the 49ers, Mike Cooper. Mm -hmm. He lives here locally and um, was going through some issues of his own. So we're, we're the same age, and this is several years ago. And um, I got the idea because the NFL is in support of um, these programs, or at least the access to uh, care for uh, its own athletes, um, that a mental health program that deals with kids and right. families. And so, uh, you know, I got that by drive. I got that inspiration driving here on more than one occasion mm. to check in on Mike and just kind of hang out and. This is something Mike never dealt with before in his life. And he, we're, I'm 59, so yeah. this is probably when he's 54, 53. Yeah. And so I thought, why are we waiting till the 50s, mm -hmm. 40s, 30s, 20s even? You know, why not deal it with kids that are 9, 10, 11? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they graduate high school, so at 9, 10, 11, who you'd look at as a someone to look up to they're still your parents, right? And yeah. they're um, uh, could be a coach or uh, uh, maybe someone at least maturity-wise a couple years older. You know, age doesn't mean a thing, right? Right. I mean, the number of age doesn't mean a thing. Right. Yeah. So you want to look at somebody and say, "Hey, yeah, I'd like to have you in my home team, so yeah. to speak." Right. Well, how do you approach that person? when you're nine, right. ten years old. Mm -hmm. So that's what this program is. We'll, we'll act these things out. And, uh, and so, you know, then you, as kids get older, right, then there's uh, the bullying that goes on, right. whether it's face-to-face yeah. -face yeah. or cyberbullying, right? Cyberbullying, because the best part of bullying or anything, or, you know, is the hit and run dirt, right? Yeah. So you don't confront someone face-to-face. -face, you gather other people yeah. that isolate somebody, mm -hmm. right? And so we're going to help those kids deal with, you know, when you're obviously not going to be making someone's home team if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to transition over to football. I see you're wearing the, the Lions sweatshirt there. What did you think of their magical season? Obviously, the Niners had to end it. But what, what did you think of just, I mean, they've been, we were obviously Sacramento radio. We kind of went through a similar thing with the Kings last year. Did it feel just magical? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, so uh, I went back to, you know, Earlier in the year, when they played the Raiders of all teams, yeah. and yeah. it was a beatdown, mm -hmm. and and there might have been some Raider fans there, yeah. but you wouldn't have known it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, if the if the Lions were here, which they should have been, yeah. then and they win, if they were one Sunday, on Monday there might not be a city of Detroit. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy there what they think of. Yeah. You know, they generations have gone yeah. by with no winning in the playoffs. Right. And now here they get two. Yeah. And I happen to be back there for both of them. Wow. And uh, it was just, it's insane. Yeah. So if there was ever a team, along with Cleveland, mm -hmm. that yeah. is starved, yeah. it's, that's Detroit. Yeah. There you that's go. That's awesome. Talking to Eric Kramer, legendary NFL quarterback. Let's just get your pick now. I know you said your Lions should have been here. Yeah. But the Niners are here. The Chiefs, it feels like the – just the Chiefs just book their ticket every single season. Who do you think gets it done on Sunday? So wouldn't it have been great, just to back up a second, okay. yeah. to start the season mm -hmm. with the Lions-Chiefs 
and to end it yeah, the same way. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Right. All right. So now that that's not yes, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're, now we'll talk reality. Yeah. So we are in the city of bets. Yes. Right. So if you're going to bet for someone, that also means you're going to bet against somebody. Right. Yes. So I'm going to line this up for you. Okay. You've got the Chiefs with probably the best defense in the league all season. Mm. You've got uh, the receivers apparently had a meeting and decided recently we're going to catch everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Right. And not drop everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a big difference. And then you've got probably the greatest quarterback who's ever lived in mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. playing for one of the best coaches who's ever lived in mm -hmm. Andy Reid. So if you're going to place a bet, Right. I mean, knowing that you're going to be placing it against someone at the same yeah. time, how do you bet against what I just laid out? It would be pretty difficult. It's tough. If knowing are, the 49ers yeah. are here not once but twice yep. in a fortunate circumstance. Yeah. yeah. But maybe they learned from it, possibly, the Niners. But you still got to have bullets in the gun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, so you have Eric Kramer taking the Chiefs. Cannot <laughs> go against the boogeyman number 15. Thank you so much for your time, Eric. Be sure to check out Eric's book, The yes. Ultimate Comeback. A lot of great stuff in there. Eric, enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate you being, having me on and being here. All Absolutely. right, you got to get to a break. When we get back more, Styles and Watkins live from Vegas. Thanks to Jiffy Loop, Sacktown Sports. Thousand Watkins in Vegas, thanks to Jiffy Lube, Sacktown Sports Road Trip to Radio Row in Las Vegas is brought to you by our friends at Jiffy Lube. When it's time for a road trip, visit Jiffy Lube for all your automotive maintenance needs. Jiffy Lube is your radio row and road trip <laughs> headquarters, joined by Mark Schlereth. And Mark Schlereth, I mean, you are just a, a man of many talents, we know. <laughs> you, know you are, you are, you are. You know, former player, right. analyst. So normally we go through what what everybody is is doing right but you have so much going on why don't you just tell us where we can find you i feel like every time i turn on a tv screen <laughs> right. i see you right, right? Yeah. What, what do you got going on right now i am trying to hide so i'm not gonna let you guys <laughs> yeah, know yeah. anything that i'm doing i'm just gonna let you talk nicely about yeah. me for another five minutes and i'm gonna leave there, um, you go. Yeah. there you go let me just let me just tell you guys that i'm probably the most incredible super bowl participant in the history of the super bowl so <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm, I gotta believe that I'm the only guy, as rated by ESPN the other day, um, that was on a on three top twenty Super Bowl teams. I was on the 19th team rated, which is the 97 Broncos, the 10th rated team, which is 98 Broncos, and the number one rated team in the history of the Super Bowl, the 91 Redskins, the only team that ever had a top five defense, top five offense, wow. and top five special team. Um, so um, I'm incredible, and um, let me see what else have I done. I'm on the top. I'm on the top Super Bowl team, uh, the the top whatever they 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 listed. Uh, they created CBS created the top players ever in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I'm on I'm on the the Super Bowl time team, and then I'm the only guy in the history of the Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl on his birthday, where the Super Bowl actually the day or the the number of the super bowl correlated with the guy's birthday so i won super bowl 32 on my 32nd birthday so i kick ass i take names i'm incredible and um and you know what and that's pretty much does go. it all right go. good talking to you guys thank you no, Mark. That, that, that was awesome right well you know it just says and i think that encapsulates everything because right. when plus you i forgot to tell you guys i'm super humble 
Yes. I was, I was going to say, humble. I'd say no. the most. The, the, the most. Yeah. The number, most. Rated number one most humble. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. By ESPN. As we talked to mm-hmm. Mark Schlereth, football guy, NFL on yeah. Fox, <laughs> also on the fan as well out in Denver. Another brother-sister station, yes. Bonneville. Yeah. Another so Bonneville. Got yes. re- to represent, of course, of course. What are you thinking – I'm sure I've seen you do about 18 different hits sure. just in the last couple of days. How many times have you been asked the game manager question? Let's do it that way. Well, let me tell you, I did, I did San Francisco's last two games of the regular season. So I did week 17, week 18. And the first thing I asked Brock Purdy when I sat down with Brock was, okay, people call you game manager. How do you respond? And I love this. He looked at me and said, anybody who would call me a game manager either hasn't watched the film or has watched the film and have no idea what they're looking at. Mm. We actually talked about your quote on yeah. our radio show yeah. when you when you said that. So he like he bristled, and I'm 100 percent now. I'm a huge Brock Purdy fan, but I believe in I believe in managing the game for the quarterback position. I believe on throwing the ball on time. I believe in in you know in doing the right, taking the first read yeah. and the progression if it's open, throwing it. And you know I, I'll tell you one thing. I had talked to uh, to Byron Leftwich. And um, Bruce Arians, when when Tom Brady was playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the head coach Bruce Arians and, and Lifwich was the offense coordinator, I said, what, what sets Brady apart? What's special about him? And I said, if the first read in the progression is a flat route for five yards and it's open, Brady will take it 100 out of 100 times and put himself in second down yeah. and six minus. And – that is that is rare to be able to fall in love with the mundane yeah to be able to understand how valuable that is as far as staying on schedule and staying in front of the chains and like that's that's not high level kind of quote-unquote quarterbacking yeah that is you know that is taking what they give you and and being um, maniacal in the way you go about your business and so Brock Purdy to watch him work through progressions and he I mean I've seen him get to the fourth read in a progression in under two and a half seconds under yeah. two seconds he has got unbelievable footwork um, and you know when you talk about offensive and, and playing quarterback um, you know there's an old saying in the West Coast offense that um that you know you throw the ball with your feet Mm. and so every route and every route combination is got a corresponding footwork that goes with it and when you hit that timing in the footwork that ball is supposed to be out and so the the just the timing of an offense is kept in the quarterback's feet and if that quarterback's feet are bad or those sets aren't right or those drops aren't perfect then it doesn't time up with it doesn't time up with yeah. the route combination, and so Brock Purdy is exceptional, exceptional foot injury, uh, foot energy, and exceptional with his feet, and that's why you know, you can overcome not having you know the livest arm, yeah, because you are on time with the football all the time, and you cannot be on time with the football if your feet are not on time. So. I love that you said that, and specifically with the West Coast offense, talking to Mark Schlereth, you've heard him calling games for NFL on Fox. 
So is it crazy? Because a lot of people keep doing this. If Josh Allen was on the Niners, they'd score 8,000 points every game. Based on what you said and the footwork, is it crazy to say that there are some of these quote-unquote elite guys that may not fit Kyle Shanahan's offense as well as somebody like Brock Purdy based on Brock's specific skill set? Yeah, well, I think think that obviously – you would fit, you know, Josh Allen and that arm talent into just about anything. But, um, again, you know, it it really comes down to the nuance of football. And every position has um, unbelievable nuance involved in it to be effective. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be the biggest or the strongest, but you do have to be a technician. And you do have to be incredibly, you know, incredibly married to your craft. And the guys who play that way, the guys who play disciplined are the guys who make the critical plays in the critical moments. And the guys who aren't, like, because you can only, I don't care how good your arm talent is, you can only play off schedule so much. I call it what I've, like, this is my own kind of thing. I call it the 70-30 rule. 70% of the time we want to be on schedule. 30% of the time things are going to get screwed up. Right. And you got to play off schedule. Right. That, yeah. That's just the way it is. But if that gets out of whack and you start playing 50 50 ball, 50 percent off schedule, yeah. you'll make some plays. Right. But ultimately what you'll do is you'll create enough bad plays and there'll be enough turnovers and enough things that happen to you in those off schedule plays where it ends up hurting you. Yeah. And so to be on schedule, to me, you have to play quarterback. You have to manage the game to be effective yeah. in this league. And. You know, we, we keep looking at it, you know, and, and like Lamar, and there's no fault of Lamar, but whether it's Lamar or, or these guys that, that play more, even Russell Wilson, you know, play more off schedule than they do on schedule. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for the first one of those guys to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, it, it is those classic drop back, beat you from the pocket quarterbacks that um, end up, in my estimation, are the, are the guys that, you know, the NFL, it still is that type of league. Yeah. They always say it's a copycat league. I mean, I don't know how how much you can replicate having Patrick Mahomes on your team, but mm-hmm. if if teams were to try and take what has made the 49ers so successful, what do you think it would be? Would it be how they've built the team? or? Well, I think, listen, when how you build the team, obviously their, their talent is unbelievable. Yeah. It's exceptional. But um, how you run the ball. Mm. And as much as we try to morph the NFL into college football, it's right. not. And devaluing right. running backs. And, right. it, and it will never be. And so, I mean, I probably talked to 12 different teams last year alone, offensive line coaches, coordinators, guys that I'm friends with, head coaches. Every one of them was studying the San Francisco 49ers run game. Every single one of them. How are they doing it? Yeah. How are they creating these angles? How are they, you know, how are they using their motions and their shifts to create angles and create opportunities? And, you know, I tell people this all the time. You look at, you look at like how they block an edge, how they block a defensive end. And you can take one play like 18 handoff, for instance, and you can trade block it with tackle tight end. You can quad block it with two tight ends. You can quad block it with two tight ends, but one coming from a solo off or solo back, so he motions across, and he can go inside, yeah. take it off, or he can motion across all the way, and that the guy on the line of scrimmage can stay inside, and he can be the outside portion. Now all of a sudden we can do it from a backfield set where it's near and it's a fullback loading it. Or he can load it inside, he can load it outside. Now it's a fullback from a far formation. Now he 
motions across, and and now you can arc release, right? right. And that defensive end is going to go with that arc release, and all of a sudden you slam him in the ear hole from the opposite side with a fullback. So I just gave you seven different ways or so yeah. of blocking a defensive end. So two guys adjust in that for San Francisco, right? Nine guys are doing the damn same damn thing they do on every play. It's the yeah. exact same yeah. play. But to a defense, it looks like nine different plays. Yeah. To you, it's just one play. Yeah. It's just two guys blocking it a different way and creating an edge. Now think about this if you're a defensive end. Now your head's on a freaking swivel. So now all of a sudden it comes time to rush the pass, and you're like, where are they blocking me from? You know, and then all of a sudden yeah. now, now you run a little <laughs> transportation series and you motion a tight end from outside inside, and he crack blocks the guy, and you, you little pin and pull block. So now I just gave you another way to block that same defensive end, right? Yeah. And it's still it's still 18 handoff. Yeah. And it's it like they yeah. they make people's heads spin, and then all of a sudden in critical situations, you're a pass rusher and you're out where the crap because your head's on a swivel. Like where are they going to get me from? Mm-hmm. And so it it their their run game is exceptional, um, and as easy as that sounds, it's really hard because you got to be on the same page all the time, and you got to do it from shifts and motions and create angles that that essentially give you an advantage. So um, they're really, they, they do a great job from an execution standpoint, and that's what makes them really special. Yeah. Mark Schlereth, before we get you out of here, got to get your Super Bowl pick. Well, come on, I'm a, Sh- I'm a Shanahan guy. Okay, I'm, yes. I'm a right. Shanahan. that's what we're talking about. Uh, Mike and I are yeah. good friends, and I'm friends with Kyle, and I've known Kyle since he was freaking 12. <laughs> so uh, I'm going Niners 27, uh, Kansas City 26. Okay, so the yeah. Niners finally get it done, finally yeah. get number six. Thank you to Mark Schlereth. Yes. Three-time Super Bowl champ, call game for Fox, Denver Sports, Bonneville, Sister Thanks, Station. Thank you, Mark Schlereth. Got to get to a break when we get back. More Styles and Watkins. The Kings made a trade. from Vegas, and the Kings made a trade. Backtown Sports.